You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 45. We're talking to Lauren McAllister about YouTube analytics. Let's see what's going on. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who will scratch his back on a wall like a bear, no matter who's watching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and I'm so glad you're with me today. Today, we have a great conversation with Lauren McAllister about YouTube analytics that I can't wait to get to. If you want to get the show notes for today's show, go to sethmuse.com slash 45, and you'll find links and everything from everything we've talked about in this episode and a few extras in there, too, probably. I don't know. We'll see. And maybe some extras. Go check it out and find out for yourself. Okay, so today on the show, I have a few things I want to I want to cover with you real quick before we jump into the conversation. First of all, if you've been a listener of the podcast for a while, I really appreciate that. I love that people are subscribing and you know we're growing and it's awesome and I love it and I thank you for tuning in and caring what I say because honestly, sometimes I don't even care what I say and it's pretty awesome that somebody else does. So thank you for listening. I really really appreciate it. But if you would go to iTunes and give me a rating and a review, that would be so helpful for me in this podcast going forward. And here's one th- here's one of the things that's important to remember about that. Why you shouldn't skip the 15 seconds ahead here. Don't do that because uh next Tuesday, this is the this is January let's see it's going to this is going to drop on January the 31st. Oh my gosh, which is also my birthday. That's awesome. So this is going to drop on January the 31st. So the Tuesday after that, which I have no idea what date that will be. I don't have a calendar. You look it up. I'm going to announce somebody who gives me a review that I really like. Um, the review, not necessarily the person. We're not playing favorites or anything. But whoever gives me a review that I really like, I'm going to select one of those people to receive an Amazon gift card from me. I'll send it to you through uh, through email, and I will let you know if you've won. All right? So give me a clever, fun, silly interview uh, review. But uh, make sure it's truthful for sure and that it helps people when they come to the podcast and say, uh, here's what you're going to get. But at the same time, I do want to I, I want to laugh a little bit. I want to see what you got. So uh, try to try to do some really clever stuff with the, with that review um, and, and be truthful at the same time. I, I really do love it when people give me feedback, even if it's like this podcast sucks. I will. Like, OK, why? Why do you not like it? And I will want to find out so I can get better. But um, but hopefully we'll find some really good stuff in there. So go give me a review on iTunes. This will be a lot of fun. So let's do this together. That'd be really cool. Um, why the name has come up a couple of times and a few few questions I've gotten. Why the Seminary of Hard Knocks? If you go back and listen to old episodes, you'll see that this podcast has kind of taken a, an evolutionary turn through uh, from one kind of focus to another. When I first started this, this podcast was really about sharing just my experience as a youth pastor and what I've learned in leadership. It's not the case anymore. I've, I've, I've shifted to what I'm passionate about now, which is communications and social media and leadership in social media and communication, because I think that's an important part. But if you go back and listen, you go like, what is this? It's so the name came from the idea of the school of hard knocks, right? Like I didn't have a lot of mentors. I didn't have a lot of uh, practice or guides. I just kind of had to figure things out and I got a lot of scars and stories from it. And, you know, just being a youth pastor in small towns and then growing into bigger towns and bigger churches and then kind of randomly bouncing around. It's, there was a lot of stuff that I had learned about leadership and life and ministry. And and I just wanted to share that. So it was the seminary 
of Hard Knocks. But now, the, why keep the name? Because that's not really what I'm talking about, right? So it's social media communications. Well, that is a landscape that changes constantly. And so in order to figure out what's going on there, a lot of times it's still the same kind of frontier, which is what I really need. I need the frontier. I need to be on, you know, to try new things and see what works. And so we have to do that in communications a lot to find out what's working, what's not. And so I just like, let's just keep the name because the Seminary of Hard Knocks applies very well to communications because we're always trying to uh, find out what's next and we get press releases dropped on us that just blow our mind. Speaking of which, let's talk about that for a second. Facebook just recently uh, dropped a major bomb on us a couple you know weeks ago about uh, the newsfeed algorithm is changing. So they want to focus more, even more on showing you as a user, which I think is great, honestly, more posts from friends and family that you really do want to see. And unless you have family, you don't want to see, which I totally get that. Not Wait, that sounded like I had family I didn't want to see. That's not true. Maybe it is. You'll never know. So maybe you've got family that you don't want to see. Sure. So basically, Facebook is like, maybe you want to see these more and trying to figure you out. So they're going to Facebook for you always. That's just going to be the way Facebook works. They're going to try to predict what you want to see instead of just letting you tell them. Okay, that's how it works. But anyway, the news feed has changed. And a lot of us are really scared about that. Here's why I think this is a really good thing for churches, because it eliminates some of that clickbait, easy, low hanging fruit kind of content that just really tries to circumvent the algorithm to get engagement rather than actually doing what social media is for. And, you know, I'm talking about things like, Hey, tag three friends that need to be, you know, that you're thankful for today. That's a really good post, but to cut down on that stuff, it's really, it's really cheating. It really is. Uh, you know, it's a good post to do. It's nice to have your name tagged and you go, Oh, they love me. Oh, sweet. But that's not really what they want you to do on Facebook. They want you to do, that's kind of a surface level relational thing. They want more deeper relationships to happen on Facebook, which can happen everybody. So, um, in fact, you want to know how, how it can happen. Uh, Facebook is mentioned in one out of every 11 divorce cases as a, as a reason. That's a stat I read recently. So don't tell me that Facebook is not real. It can be very real. So anyway, so uh, as they're changing this, this thing, now churches have to think more through content like, um, okay, how am I going to get people to to talk to each other because in the last line of that press release, and I'll link to it in the show notes so you can go see it. The last line of the press release about the news feed said that pages that create content that fosters conversations between friends are actually not going to be penalized as much. It's kind of what it goes on to say. And in fact, might even still get to stay the same or be helped even because people are engaging with it. That is not, that's, that's some of the, that's when your posts get uh, reactions, which your reactions, not the like, the love, the, uh, the, the, the wow, the, those kind of smile, all those reactions are worth more to your post than the like button. And when people react that way to your post and actually have act, you know, individual reactions that helps your post. When people comment on your post, when people share your post, that's the golden nugget of nuggets right there that, you know, Facebook's really looking for. It's like, this is content people want to see. They're engaging with it. They're sharing it. So they're trying to give more weight to that kind of content, which I think is great because now churches are going to have, have to do something with social media that we should have been doing the whole time. And that is treating it like it's a social platform and not a, advertisement 
platform. And so this is a good day for social media, for churches, for brand. Now brands are going to struggle because they're there to sell you stuff. The church is not trying to sell things, but yet we've behaved that way. So this is good. This is really good for us. And I'm excited about it. So I'm encouraging you to look Connect it. Just keep connected to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. We've got some shows coming up with some some guests that are going to help you with that, along with other things. The lineup coming up, guys, is in spring of 2018 is great. Let me tell you, we already had Alejandro Reyes and Robert Carnes come on. And, and Alejandro was, was our last episode. We talked about YouTube analytics. And if you need to go back and listen to that one, definitely do for today, especially. Um, but we, we also have like Rob Lauder is going to come on and talk about websites. He's from the Summit Church and that dude just knows websites. It's incredible. I may have to break it into two parts. It's so much content that I don't know if we can digest it all in one episode. Daryl Girardier is coming on. He leads the Facebook group with Katie Allred and works at Brentwood Baptist. He's going to come in and talk about processes and that's an incredible conversation. Brian Mann's coming on and he's, he's an awesome storyteller down in Houston and I can't wait to share with you what's going on with him at an Ecclesia. Uh, it's not Ecclesia Church because that would be Church Church, which is <laughs> right. Right. So it's it's Ecclesia where uh, he serves and we just got some great guests coming up, man. I'm super excited about where this podcast is headed. So go give me a rating and review uh, and, and, and don't fret that. Don't sweat that algorithm, man. I honestly think it's going to be great for us. So let's get into the conversation today. I know it's a little bit longer intro than what I'm, I'm used to doing. So sorry if I'm wearing you out, but we're going to get into this conversation with Lauren McAllister. Lauren is an incredible communicator. She has spoken at that church, um, conference, uh, what, what do they call those? The workshop days and, and just, she's a cosplayer, I think in her spare time, she's a lot of fun and just really fun to talk to, but she totally gets the analytics side. She's been on the podcast before and she, uh, we talked about Google analytics. So go back and listen to that one too. It's if you're interested in this is really great. So here's my conversation with Lauren. Let's get to it. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here with my friend, Lauren McAllister. Lauren, what's up? How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for being here with me on this early Friday morning when we record this. So I appreciate you getting up and being here with me. Yeah, no problem. It's been rainy and drizzly outside all day. So it's actually the perfect day to podcast. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> podcast day. It's kind of cold here, too. Um, you know, and so just I'll ask you the question. Um, in your chili, are there beans or are there not beans? Oh, there's beans, of course. Uh, wrong answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there are no beans in chili. I don't understand. Like I, around here, there's a lot of people that put beans in chili, but in Texas, you know, it's kind of the thing to not have beans in chili. I guess that's Texas chili. Not sure. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Texas yeah. chili does not have beans. Uh, you know, and, and if someone in Texas makes you chili with beans in it, they're from somewhere else or they're trying like, one of those fancy recipes. They're like from Florida. They apparently. might be from Florida or another state in the in the U.S. Because we might be the only one, I guess, that doesn't put doesn't put beans and chili. It's so crazy. Um, so uh, you recently got married. How's married yeah, life? I did. I did. Thank you. Yeah, I got we got married in October, so it's been. I guess I always keep trying to say it's been like six months, and my husband keeps telling me, "No, it's only been like two. It's fine." So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how to interpret that uh, data. I don't either. You know? <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know. I think it's just, I'm just, you know, I just love him so much. I feel like we're so 
together. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That's what it is. Awesome. Well, and speaking of like that data, we're going to talk about data today for YouTube. Um, you know, last week in the podcast, we had Alejandro Reyes talk about how churches can use YouTube and what kind of purposes there are behind it and just how churches can reach people through YouTube. So this week, let's talk about just the analytics part of it. Um, I know you're a big analytics. Last time you were here, we talked about analytics, right? Yeah, I love analytics. Absolutely. Yeah. Last time you were here, we talked about Facebook analytics. So, um, and I think Google analytics really was what we really hit on. So go back and listen to that podcast. It was awesome and tons of fun. One of my favorite ones that I've done, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Yeah. And it's about numbers, which I hate. So that's something that's pretty cool. Oh, don't hate numbers. Numbers are your friend and analytics are spelled out for you. So it's good. They are. And you know, what? it's really interesting as much as I do hate math. Like, um, I don't do it unless I have to, but I, I recognize what we talked about in our last podcast is the simple fact that good data helps you make good decisions. And when I'm looking at data, it tells me kind of how I should be making decisions, especially in something like online social media or YouTube or Google, you know, and how we're being found, you know, that kind of stuff. The data really does help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a, as humans, we tend to like make assumptions off of our preferences and even myself, like I've been doing this for gosh, seven years now. Um, and you know, I still make assumptions, but when I go back on my analytics, I'll say, oh, you know, that was just what I wanted. And that's not what everybody else, not so, not what the numbers are telling me. Yeah. So in fact, last, just a few days ago in one of the Facebook groups, somebody said, um, Hey, email marketing doesn't work. The marketers don't want you to know that this doesn't really work. And so I'd find something else to do. And I was like, dude, where did you get that? That's maybe you're doing it wrong. It's working pretty good for us. You know, it's like, that's a really strong way to get in touch. In fact, it's the number one, uh, tier for our, uh, promotional stuff that we do at our church. It's like, if you really want something promoted, we put it in the e-news email because we do it really well and it gets hit like crazy. And so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think the question really, when I, cause I've heard that, that exact statement from multiple people. Um, but the, I think the big thing when you talk about email marketing is, um, it's not so much that it's, it's a lost cause. It's so much that, um, how are you standing out with all the other emails in their inbox? And yeah. that's really where you have to worry about it. Cause no one, if you go out and you talk to somebody, just Walgreens or CVS and you talk to somebody in line, they have an email account. Um, I think I've, I don't even know if I, my grandma has an email account, so everybody has email and that's a way to reach them. It's just what is making them press the open button on your email. Yeah. Cause you have to have an email, like to even get social media accounts or credit cards or anything. Now you have to have an email to to sign up. It's like, what's your email address? It's almost like your, your key to the, to the internet is your email address. So exactly. You have to have it. So anyway, that was just, I was like that, that's an assumption made on, uh, just your experience and not on data, yep. you know? And I was like this, where are you getting this data, man? Where's your source for this? Cause this is not what I'm seeing. And I think that when we look at YouTube, it's, it's real easy to discount YouTube because that's where, you know, the, if you're, if you're from the first era of YouTube, like I am, it's hard <laughs> to it, like YouTube and Facebook were the first two. And I remember YouTube going and I'm going, what? is this crazy wacky place, you know, with all these ridiculous videos that I'd seen on America's Funniest Home videos that I can now see online. 
And so that was the basic premise of YouTube. But now it's like this huge place with all kinds of different uh, genres and people and personalities and, and styles of video and it's quality video and it's changed a lot. So um, understanding it all, I'm going to have to have some help. So are you ready to dive into some of this? I am ready. Okay, great. Um, so let's talk about YouTube. What kind of content are you seeing out there that is is really popular on YouTube? Can you just kind of run through what it is, what's out there? Oh my gosh. So uh, YouTube, like you just said, has so much different stuff. So um, you'll see a lot um, in the younger and millennial audience that you watch a lot of um, game vloggers. So like people that are on Twitch or um, they're influencers for um, a lot of the big games. So like uh, Blizzard and EA Sports and a lot of these different things. Uh, My husband watches uh, several of them in particular. um, And as soon as they get a new video up, he is watching it. Um, You also have obviously your viral videos that you see on Facebook and uh, Twitter and across the social channels. Um, And you get a lot of uh, informational videos as well. I think informational videos are huge now. Um, I just saw a story about a lady that bought her, uh, built her whole house off of YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, It was amazing. Uh, I would not do that, but it was amazing she could do it. So I think you see a lot of different things. Um, and you do see some um, some news as well. So kind of like news clip it. So maybe not necessarily live news, but uh, expl- again, it kind of goes into the informational videos of um, certain maybe uh, popular events or current events that are happening in our uh, political or religious um, worlds, things like that. Yeah. And you mentioned that I have a friend who actually has learn to build and restore cars because of YouTube. Wow. See, and, that's amazing. Yeah. I had to, I had to replace some struts on my, on a, on an SUV I owned a couple of years ago and I knew he worked on cars and I didn't know that's how he did it. And he was like, yeah, I can, I can replace those for you. And so we went over, I went over to his house and we spent a big part of the day cause it took a while cause you got to learn this on the fly. And he was like, yeah, I just watched some YouTube videos on it. So now I know how to do it. I'm like, um, maybe I should take this somewhere else. He's like, no, man, I got it. I got it. So I, I stood out there and helped him. And so I kind of learned too, but we, we learned how to change the struts on our car and it worked. It was great. It worked fine. And we did that because we watched it on YouTube. Yeah. It's amazing what you can learn on YouTube. I think I, not as exciting as that, but I learned how to like, um, fix my stopper and my kit, my bathroom sink from YouTube. <laughs> so yeah. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I learned how to install a toilet at one to- at one point. Yep. And how to not a not a toilet, sorry, a vanity. It was a bathroom vanity. It's one of those stand, <laughs> stand like I don't want to mess with a toilet. That's I could, but you know, no thanks. But uh the vanity was one of those freestanding ones you can buy that are already made and stuff at like Home Depot or whatever. And it's like how do you hook all this up and I had to get new new fixtures and new tubes and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I had to cut the copper wire, the copper tubes that were in the old house, you know. So I had to learn all that from YouTube. I think it's a great place to learn. In fact, I've learned a lot of social media stuff from YouTube and uh, a lot of uh, you know communication tactics and stuff from YouTube. It's there's a lot of good good stuff out there. And my kids watch the heck out of those gamer channels like you're talking about. The uh, oh yes, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. They watch hours of that stuff, and I'm like, this doesn't look interesting at all. What are you doing? But they love it. They love watching it. So um, so we're there's, there's a lot of content out there. Um, let's say you're a church, all right. And you're trying to figure out how to incorporate YouTube and you see all these different things and you're kind of going, 
all right, maybe we can try this area. This, this will test this something, whatever. Um, and if you want a bunch of ideas for that, listen to the, the podcast before with Alejandro, but, um, how do you start to kind of navigate the, the analytics of YouTube to see if what you're doing is working? Yeah. So, um, YouTube is, if you go back and you listen to our, our Google analytics podcast, you're going to notice that there's a lot of similarities because, uh, spoiler alert, Google owns YouTube. So, um, <gasps> they, it's very streamlined in my opinion. So when you log into YouTube with whatever account that you're uploading your videos to, you'll want to go to your create uh, creator dashboard. And on the left-hand side, there's this analytics, uh, button and you press the analytics. And that's really similar to what you do when you're looking at your Google analytics for your website. Um, and just right off the bat, uh, if you're just jumping in, what you can do, you're going to notice that it's going to calculate your video um, analytics for the last about month, they say 28 days, but you can change that to whatever you want. You could do the lifetime of your channel you can do certain, I do it by week because I like to see if there are certain weeks that different things will change and why maybe that happened. Um, but just right off the bat, you can just do the last month and the overview tab, which is what will automatically uh click over to when you click analytics, you can see a lot of interesting things such as the watch time. So that's going to be the total amount of minutes that people have been on your channel, um, which is interesting, maybe not super helpful because it could just be one video that someone is watching over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but it's still good. I, I personally prefer um, to see how many views um, are on your channel. So that's across the board. Um, your average view duration, because uh, you definitely want to have that duration um, on your channel. So duration would be, um, obviously, if I start watching your uh, video and I click off for about 10 seconds because I just think it's horrid and it's boring um or do i stay the whole video and i'm watching it because i'm just avidly interested um it is hard to have a long duration on your videos um it's been pretty much said across the board now especially with uh facebook ads video ads and and twitter and things like that uh people really only watch about 15 seconds 15 to 20 seconds of a video so and the longer you have people hooked after that, it means that you do have really good content. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to ask about that too, because on YouTube, a lot of people are going there to, to watch things. Whereas like on Facebook, they may just be, they're, they're interested more in scrolling and seeing more stuff. So they, if they stop on Facebook 15 seconds or whatever, that's really good uh, for, them, for them to watch that. But on YouTube, you, you kind of want them to stick around a lot longer, right? You want them to, to pay attention and sit down and watch. Absolutely. Right. So you definitely want them to be, um, I mean, that's the goal for all of it really, but you know, being, right. being realistic. Yeah, no, I mean, for, because people, like you just said, and YouTube is for videos. There's no other content you're going to get on YouTube. So you want people to find your content interesting enough that the, to watch that whole duration of, um, videos. So, and then we, um, the other interesting analytics that you have, um, on this overview is you can, it'll show you your top 10 videos for the last month. Um, I personally think that's going to be really important when you start uploading and you'll see what is resonating with people. Uh, you can see specific, um, insights for those, each, each of those videos, such as the watch time or how many views, um, or if people liked it or did not like it, or if there's any comments on those videos. Um, so those are just kind of your little, very quick overview that'll help you start to discern what's going on on your YouTube channel. Cool. What else about in that, in that analytics section should people pay attention to? 
Oh gosh, there's so much. <laughs> um, all like, right, like if so, you just want a 101 kind of surface level, like I've just started yeah. YouTube. What what? Obviously, the views is important. The duration is important. Um, what else do we should we look at in there that can help us out? Absolutely. So I per- I love um, demographics. So if you uh, click a little bit further down, there's actually a full demographics tab underneath analytics, um, and this will tell you um, your age range that you're um, hitting as well as uh, male or female. Um, <clears throat> these are actually pretty accurate. They're based off of, um, again, Google cookies and things like that. There'll mm-hmm. be some folks that um, have opted out to share this information, but it's pretty accurate. And um, I That's love- so, so crazy. I love, I, it's, it's very interesting. Um, for our, for example, for our YouTube that we um, manage, uh, we actually have a, a highly male demographic, which is, uh, in stark contrast to our Facebook demographic, which is a highly female demographic. So um, you're going to hit a different demographic on YouTube, probably. I mean, it's possible not, but um, it's good to know. Yeah. And then I also <laughs> like... And that has uh, a lot And that has a lot to do with your content as well, right? Absolutely. Just what kind of content you're putting out, whether you're going to hit male, female, whatever. Absolutely. And your age range as well. And you may also... Um, like we see um, huge jumps in demographics, so especially ages, uh, during certain times of the year. Um, and especially, for example, we uh, recently got hit by Hurricane Irma. And during that time frame, about a week or so, when a lot of people were out of power, um, we saw a huge jump in a younger audience on our YouTube. And in, hmm. um, I believe this is because uh, the younger generation, millennials and, and so, so on, um, and even the, the people right outside the millennial time frame, uh, go to social media such as YouTube and things like that to find um, news information and sources instead of going to the more traditional news um, stations or uh, TV or finding, calling somebody. Uh, so people were going to our YouTube channel to find out, were we having church, were we um, providing assistance, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, interesting. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, that's how I interpreted that. Um, we also had a a jump, um, in our demographics, a lot more females, uh, watched our channels during that time. Um, I don't know if that is, I don't, I don't know if that's just because women tend to be more planning. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Probably so. (laughs) So, (laughs) I could have something to do with it. But um, but you'll notice that, and then obviously uh, different time frames too, such as Easter, or Christmas. You'll see uh, demographic jumps. Um, do you guys stream live on YouTube? Do you use that? We do not right now. Okay. That is something that we are considering in the near future. Uh, right now, we do use a third party, but I know a lot of people that use YouTube Live, and I highly suggest it. It's a great free platform. You just have to get like an encoder box, which you can get a fairly cheap one. Um, and it, there's some really easy YouTube. YouTube videos on how to do it. So, but um, it's, it is, it's really awesome. The biggest thing you need to be cautious about is if you do any type of um, canned or pre-recorded music, such as like, if you're going to slap in that Toby Mac t- uh, CD before service, uh, you will get flagged on YouTube. And I believe it's a three strikes and you're out. Um, on YouTube live. Yeah. They're so, pretty, they're pretty harsh about that too. But, but if your band is playing it, they, they're usually okay with that. Yeah. Like yeah. If, yeah. It's, it's that they recognize the recorded version really quickly. 
They they do. And, and, and sometimes they get you for the band too. Like the band, if it's too much like the recording. Yes. Right? So uh, Yeah. So, so worship ministers, be original. Yeah. We are very lucky. We have not been um, uh, <clears throat> warned from YouTube, uh, even though we do post a lot of worship videos. Um, I do suggest for a lot of churches, and this is a little controversial, but I actually suggest if you're going to do, like, if you have a band that, that plays a lot of uh, music, whether it be contemporary or hymns, um, it's okay to, to, you don't want to monetize your account, but it's okay to allow the original copyright holder to monetize the account. Um, hmm. So what happens is a lot of places are scared of what ad is going to pop up on your video before or after. Uh, so I've, I've met a lot of churches that refuse to allow ads on their um, account. But when you refuse to allow the ads, that means the cop original copyright holder isn't receiving their money. And they're, they tend to be a little bit stricter on what you're allowed to have on your account. Um, that makes so sense. Yeah. So I, I, what I always tell people is, um, we've never had an issue just because one person hasn't had an issue. Doesn't always mean it's a, a, a good thing or a bad thing, right, uh, right. but YouTube is really good at recognizing that you're a church or a nonprofit or what type of association you have. And you know, they're generally not going to put a very bad ad in front. You may have like a Mercedes Benz ad or something like that. And most people nowadays, YouTube is so culturally re relevant that they understand an ad is an ad and it's not associated with your church necessarily. Yeah. You, you, you bring that up. I just saw this, uh, I follow awkward family photos on Instagram and they, they put up <laughs> some really great stuff. Sometimes it's not family photos, sometimes it's just funny. And the one I saw yesterday was uh, these two ads that were placed next to each other that looked like they were part of the same ad, but they definitely weren't. Because one of them is, one of them says, your kid comes home and you smell marijuana. What do you do? And the next other one has this guy and it says, time to play some air guitar. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it looked like they were together. <laughs> Your kid That's comes awful. home. What do you do? Time to play some air guitar. <laughs> my kid's home smell like marijuana. Let's rock out with the air guitar. <laughs> I was like, That's hilarious. That's uh, pretty awesome. That's so, pretty awesome. So yeah, the, the placement of the ads is a concern. It's like here's a church and then here's, you know, I don't know, some random rated R movie that has a bad trailer, I don't know, playing right before or whatever. Right, so, exactly. You want to uh, the other thing to remember too is ads tend to be across platforms. This is not just a YouTube thing. Uh, they do feed off a lot of your own cookies. So on, when I say cookies, not like your chocolate chip cookies in your you know kitchen, but right. your cookies yeah. that uh, these companies are are reading on your websites that you visit on your own personal uh, time. So a lot of times the ads are going to be more uh, specialized for uh, what that person is interested in. I yeah. get a lot of ads for Birchbox, like a ton of ads for Birchbox. So. so. <laughs> what we're what we're saying is if you open a, a YouTube video and an ad plays that's dirty or that you don't like, somebody's using your your equipment to access stuff they shouldn't be and you need to check into it. That's you what we're saying. Look at your Internet history. Check yes. out the history and see what's <laughs> happening, because that could be the reason. Don't blame the church for the bad ad. Blame yourselves. That's what we're really saying. Don't blame anybody and find grace because it yes. could have just been a mistake. It could have been, but probably it's you looking at some you should. <laughs> probably. We're not going to say it, it is. It was with that really awkward Google search the other day. But you so. see what you see because the internet thinks you want to. There's a reason. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And now we lost all your viewers. That's how data so. works, people. 
they use the data to make informed decisions. Oh, but hey, you know, it. all I can say is the way our world works now is ridiculous. When I got engaged, Facebook knew I was engaged before and my whole family knew I was engaged. I did not say anything. I did not post anything. That's so creepy. But there's a thing called Facebook listening. And I yeah. guess it was listening when I was engaged. And so when we were driving home that night um, to my parents' house, I had not told anybody. I literally had ads for, did you just get engaged? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It it happened. So, um, it's scary. So yeah. So if you go to a weird party and one of your friends is talking about walking in and smelling marijuana on their kids, you may get that ad. I don't know. Maybe so. (laughs) I, oh my gosh. It's so ridiculous. We could do a whole podcast about big brother watching, but, um, it's it's ridiculous right now, but if you're a church, you can actually take this information and use it for, for good. Um, so we need to pay attention to that as well. Anyway. All right. Let's, let's move on <laughs> to <laughs> on demographics. You know, I think there's a tendency when you're starting something to, to just start something and then see what the demographics are and then start building content for that. Um, yeah. There's also the idea of let's pick a demographic and build content. We think, they will like, and then go after them. So when you're, when you're looking at YouTube as a church, what, what is the approach to demographics that you think we should take? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I feel like we should do a little column A, a little column B. Like, I think, um, it's okay to give content, um, that people that, you know, the demographic you already have is looking for, um, because you want to build that subscriber base, Um, but you also should be adding in some additional information, a different additional content. So what we do for our page is we actually use our page a lot for, um, our media archives. I highly suggest it for any church out there. Um, it's free, which is amazing. We were paying, I don't even know how much money. It was a ridiculous amount for a third party company to archive all of our services. So people could watch it on our website and YouTube does it for free. All you have to do is upload it. Um, And it's fantastic and amazing. Um, So I will say automatically that most of our demographics, um, which is probably why we have a very high male retention rate uh, for our demographics, um, has a lot of our uh, our media archived videos. All of our morning sermons are on there. Um, but then we also try to expand out and reach different folks. So we have, um, worship videos that are just clips of our worship videos, um, that we pull once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we try to expand out on that too. So we don't always just do our typical, uh, Sunday morning. Sometimes we will pull a song that's, uh, specifically from our high schoolers or our middle schoolers, and that's going to expand out. And that normally reaches a younger audience. Um, also a lot of females because a lot of moms tend to share those videos, um, you know, grandmas and aunts. Um, so not that dads don't do it too. Um, so, but I think it it is good. And I think when you have a subscriber base too, it's, it's okay to, to throw in all these new ideas. Um, like you and I were talking about this idea of creating a, a channel where, you know, your children's pastors could be playing like kind of like a biblically based game and explaining how it works with the Bible and how you use this game to, to, to teach things to your children. Um, I think that's a great option and things to throw in. So for yeah. our subscriber base, we would have, uh, a, we have a base of folks that are looking for those mor- morning sermons because that's what they want to listen, uh, listen to. And then we 
tack on the worship videos, which is kind of just like icing up for the cake because they go, oh, there's a worship video too. I guess I'll watch those. Yeah. Um, and then if you were to throw on, you already create this trust with your subscribers and you start throwing in maybe some things that they weren't necessarily expecting, but are just fantastic. Um, so such as like the, uh, like a game or things like that. Um, and you just, you, you expand out. So that's, I tend to be a little bit more conservative in my view. I know some other people would prefer to look for your demographics and, and reach who you want to reach. Um, but I think it's, you also don't want to, um, lose everybody that's already, um, been so faithful to you. So, yeah. And I think you can look at that and say, who are we already like, what's, I don't see people are like low hanging fruit, but what's the low hanging fruit? You know, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, who's already on YouTube a lot. Well, it's kids, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. moms, it's, it's uh, dad's trying to figure something out. It's mom, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. It's like, we could do something. And while we do that on YouTube, actually inject some kind of teaching or some kind of, um, you know, lesson or, or something, you know, like I could see on Minecraft, if you were willing to spend the time to go in and build something in Minecraft, that's an image from a Bible story while you talk yeah. about it and walk through it in Minecraft and show that them, would be amazing. you know, it's amazing. like, it might take you some extra time, but gosh, the views on that video would be insane. You know, yeah. especially if you're posting it on social and saying to your, to your parents, like show your kids this video. I mean, if, if our, if our pastors did that, I would show my kids that video. I'd watch it with oh, them yeah. and it would be a great conversation starter. So just thinking of using it in certain ways to actually reach people, but also provide content they want to see is that they're already trying to find, you know, it's oh, yeah. like yeah. that, that's a no brainer to me to just find those, those pockets where they're already and then try to invade that, that space. Um, Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I think another thing to think about too, because we had previously talked a little bit about email marketing earlier. Um, you know, you cannot embed like a, a 60 minute video um, into your MailChimp template. Well, you just, can, but you're not well, going to get anything from it. Yeah, it's a really bad <laughs> suggestion. It's a so bad don't strategy. do that if you're doing it. <laughs> so yeah. that's why you're in the spam folder if you're doing that. Yeah. Um, but so you can use it, you, you use YouTube for this, uh, specific thing. So you upload it to YouTube and, uh, maybe you design, uh, your, uh, email newsletter to focus around a specific video. If you feel super important or it has something to do with the life of your church, or it's a let, it's a note from your pastor. Um, we recently did this. We had our preschoolers do a video. It was super sweet. Um, actually it's preschoolers and elementary, and they were explaining the Christmas story, um, as only children can. So yeah, they told that. us about all the gifts that baby Jesus got. He got baby shoes. He got Frankenstein. He got $7. <laughs> so yeah, um, $7, $7, the holy very, number of dollars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it was very, very sweet. And so, um, that was not only uh, posted natively on Facebook, but also on our YouTube. And then a whole email newsletter was designed around that that video and sent to about 10,000 people on our email list. Um, and so that awesome. was a great way to connect people with a new, uh, it's not a new story, but a new version of the story. Yeah, um, and it sends them to your channel. create a hype for our Christmas Eve uh, service that was happening. Yeah, and it sends them to your channel. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I want to get at too, with those subscribers that click subscribe on YouTube. Is there a way to access those, that list and incorporate them into an email marketing or some other like Facebook, some other way and use that list? Or is it pretty much locked down? So your subscriber list, um, you know, that's a great question. I don't know if there's a way for me to, to actually download your, like the emails to it. Yeah. Um, I'll have to do some research on that. Uh, I don't think off the top of my head there is. However, the great thing about subscribers and the reason why you want people to subscribe to your channel, and a lot of times if you watch these vloggers or you watch these um, game channels, you'll always see at the very end, they'll say, make sure to subscribe to my channel. Um, when they subscribe and you upload a video, you they will automatically get a notification on their phone, on their iPad, on their email uh, that, that you have a new video. So it automatically forces people to kind of realize that there's a video and they go to your channel to watch it. Uh, so it's really great to have subscribers. Um, you'll notice that you'll probably get a lot more views than you have subscribers. And that's normal too, because YouTube is, I call it a very big rabbit hole because you just keep clicking all of the recommended yeah. videos. Yeah. You can spend uh, some time there. Yes. Yeah, you can. It's like Facebook. Um, but yeah. So the subscribers are really important. Um, but I will have to do some more research about whether you can incorporate that into like your MailChimp list. Yeah. That would be a tough incorporation. Cause I know like with MailChimp, you can even, you know, the, this is kind of off topic, but you can use their location. Like you can segment your list up by location, yes. even if you're not taking that information in based on IP address, like it has the ability to find that for you. And for most cases, and yes. I was wondering if there's like something with that, with YouTube, like when they subscribe or they, what are they really giving you? Cause you know, you know, you're always given more information than they're actually asking for. So, um, just wondering if there's a way to integrate those two, because when you do, I mean, even still, if you upload a new video and they're subscribed, they're going to get that notification. So it's kind of like a system in itself. Um, so, so that works. Um, so when you have, you have a YouTube channel, there is a social aspect to it. And I, I gotta be honest, I usually turn comments off because that place is a wasteland on YouTube of, of just awfulness because people are so mean and rude, but do you turn comments on and, and how do you manage the social aspect of a YouTube channel? You know, and how does that play into what you, what kind of content you create? Yeah. So we actually, um, embrace the social media, um, aspect of YouTube. Um, uh, that's actually why I tend to be the manager of it. I work very closely with our media guys that, uh, create those videos for me to place on there. Um, but I'm the one that uploads them and I, uh, catalog them and, and talk to people on those channels. Um, I actually think it's, uh, scary, but great to keep your comments on. We've okay. only had to turn it off on one video. Um, and generally I keep my same rule of thumb as I do with my other social channels, which is, um, pretty much whatever your, your idea, or your thought is, it's okay. As long as it's not, um, outright, uh, attacking somebody. Um, if it's a question about the Bible or a question about an interpretation or anything like that, um, it's, it's fine. It's fair game. So what we do when we get comments that'll, um, be question like questioning, um, I had somebody, uh, pull to a couple different quotes, uh, scripture, uh, quotes from the Bible and, and pretty much said, well, I feel like these are, um, you talked about both of these in your sermon and I feel like these don't really mesh. 
Yeah. But otherwise, uh, I'll, I'll try to bring it back into uh, a private forum, which is what I would normally do uh, in Facebook too. So, you know, I'll say something along the line of, that's a great question. Um, thank you so much for bringing this up. Uh, if you we would love to have you talk to one of our pastors who could explain this in more detail, and then can you please email us at, and we have a generic email that goes to me and several other people in the office. Okay. When that, that email comes in, uh, then we, we find, because we have so many pastors on staff, we find a pastor that would be a good fit, um, for the question as well as the demographics, because you can kind of see a little bit of information about that person. So, yeah, I, that, that was going to be my question is. Because typically on Facebook, that's my play too. You, you take a private, take it private, and I didn't know how you would do that with YouTube. There's no like private section of conversation in YouTube, correct? Correct. Well, okay. I mean, you can message them like to like their Gmail account, but I yeah. generally what I do is I just I just put it all out there, so I will just respond uh, publicly um, because, like you said, like YouTube tends to be. Um, really harsh folks. Um, I would say Twitter is going to yeah. be really harsh too. Um, yeah. but YouTube can very quickly, like if they, people smell fear, I mean, your comment section is going to go down pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like to just be, I want everybody to understand that we are watching and we are commenting back. Um, and it generally keeps the conversation fairly civil. Uh, like I said, there's only one video that, um, it was other other it wasn't scripture related but there was other some other things going on with it so we had to turn that turn the comments off um but it's i think it's a great way we have folks that watch our youtube videos across the world um you can actually see that also in your analytics uh traffic um sources as well as like locate playback locations mm -hmm. um and so we have people that physically do not attend our church, but they are watching from Brazil and from the Philippines and obviously across the United States. So we have the Washington state people and Ohio and New York. And these are folks with legitimate questions, even if they're angry about it. Um, and so I'd rather them, I'd rather be able to talk back to them. And I feel like it's, it's a ministry in itself. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we're here really is to to make people understand or have people understand um, scripture and God and, and Jesus's love. So um, I find it it's actually quite nice to be able to respond. Um, and sometimes people don't realize how they come across either. So even though like you and I may read it and go, oh, my gosh, like, why would you say that? Uh, they may not realize uh, that it came across as kind of snarky or mean. Yeah, so. I think that's a lot of the Internet right now. They just people just don't realize how they write. They really don't. They right. just don't get it that the, what I'm writing is like I'm just being simple and plain, but comes off as just just jerky and rude yeah. or whatever you know so all right well uh anything else about analytics for youtube that you'd like to share with us before we wrap up um so like i just mentioned really quickly if you click playback locations you may be surprised about um where your playback locations are like i said we have across the world we have a huge contingent in brazil and the philippines um we also have some folks in japan and germany that watch on a regular basis um 
Yeah. And then I also really think traffic sources is really important. Traffic sources is going to tell you where people find your videos. There's a good chance that your number one traffic source is going to be a suggested video, which is when you're in YouTube in that right-hand column and it says suggested videos, and that's the rabbit hole I was talking about, and you keep clicking videos. Yes. That's how people normally find your videos. So that is also... I know we need to wrap up, but I'll just tell you really quick, when you're uploading that video and you have all those keywords on the very bottom, you need to make sure you put in keywords yes. and you need to be, uh, there's a lot of different companies, a lot of different programs. I use TubeBuddy um, that'll help you figure out um, what's a good keyword. Uh, obviously analytics help you too, uh, but TubeBuddy, you can actually like type in keywords, click it, and it'll tell you um, where you would show up in the search. Um so that's really, really helpful because if you have a good uh, keyword, you're going to show up in the YouTube search, which really, in my opinion, should be one of your top five uh, traffic sources. It's number two for us. We have suggested videos and we have YouTube search and they always flip flop. So yeah. that's really what you want with YouTube. Yeah. And, and just to be fair, I mean, Google is number one search engine in the world. YouTube is number two. Absolutely. Owned by the same yeah. company. So really Google is number <laughs> one. Yeah. How about that? So. <laughs> Uh, so it is a great place to be found uh, if you're putting in the right information, all that bio info, keywords, like you're saying, things that will get hit when people search in YouTube right. for certain things. And I would suggest too, not, not just put like words that describe you, like put words in there that are answers to questions people might have that you can give them. Yes. Um, one of my friends, uh, Chad Huggins at CV, uh, CV Outreach or CV North America, one of the great things they do is... They, they help you with AdWords, but they give you things like, what is the meaning of life? And what can I do to help my marriage? You know, things that people are Googling that help That's them great. find you as a church. And so find, find phrases like that that might have something to do with the video. I mean, it has to have something to do with the video, but, but use the, that kind of thinking to create those keywords and you'll get new people showing up to see content they might need to see or, or actually searching for that can help yeah. them out. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah, I think all that, like, I love that idea, like doing questions. I love the idea of if you're uploading sermons, like maybe uh, choose, obviously, your the uh, the book and the scripture that that sermon is focusing on because people, you'd be surprised how many times we do get YouTube searches just for like the book of James um, yeah. or things like that. Uh, also, dates uh, seems really simple, but we get a lot of people that will be looking for um, FBC Jack's sermon January 22nd. Um, huh. and so all these things are really good. Awesome. Well, t let's tell people where we can get a hold of you, connect with you online. Uh, where can we find you? Absolutely. Um, you can, uh, connect with me on Twitter, L Michelle Jacks. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, L Michelle design or my blog, L Michelle Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been really great content. We'll have to have you back again real soon to discuss the YouTube versus Vimeo thing. We didn't oh, get to, absolutely. We, we didn't get to that. that. I love that debate. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to that today, but there's different purposes for each. So yeah. uh, we'll get to that next time, maybe. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Our pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go get the show notes and uh, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Thanks. See ya. See ya.